welcome to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? With your host, Louisa Barton. I want to be a famous rider. I should like to race. Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Truth is, I help horses with people problems. Now here's the Brit on the bit, Louisa Barton! Yeah, baby! Larson Farms is our TV broadcast sponsor. Mr. Richard Larson, a man of great integrity, cares about every single bale of hay and about taking care of his customers. He also has a huge heart for those genuinely in need. Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Talk show broadcasts from the CEP's equine studios in downtown Ocala in the horse capital. Thank you for joining us for the first show of the year. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. And thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor. Idaho's finest alfalfa. Well nice. done. <laughs> Almost sounds British, but not as British. As I've been working on she my has. British, she and so every me. time I call her now, I'll be like, hello, how are you? And then one day I called her, and I said something in British, and it apparently was not good British, because <laughs> she asked me five times. She's like, what did you say? And so then I was like, oh, well, how was my British? She was like, oh, it's so good. And I was like, no, it wasn't. You didn't understand me for five <laughs> times I repeated myself. So I she thought said, one of my relatives was calling. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia Fuller is here with us from Crystal Crow, and we'll show you later why. Oh, and no. then we have Dancing oh, yes. Pete Rhoda, of course, from Complimentary Horsemanship That's Not Free. Um, <laughs> we've got a good lineup for the show for you today. We've got some great guests going to be with us later on. We're going to have uh, Ryan Rose and his wife Emily with us. We're really looking forward to that. Pete's going to do all the talking. Yeah, um, she says that every time. Yes, uh, that's exactly what's going to happen. I'm just wondering, I saw that photo of Jake's wife um, getting some kind of a thing on her back. And I'm like, oh, I think that Emily needed to bring that tool with her. You mean, you mean Ryan, not Jake. <laughs> oh, uh, no. Oh, yes. Yes, I did. No, it was Jake's wife. It was Stephanie. Oh, Stephanie yeah, was good. Like Emily was good. Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. And I was like, mm, that looks good to me. It might even be better than a peak shoulder massage. Take my job. Yes. Uh, we're going to have Dr. Chaot after this also, talking about uh, Blister Beetle. And, uh, of course, we'll have a Pete's Horsemanship Tip of the Week Woo-hoo. in the last segment as well. But don't forget that they are still doing the Spirit Walk. Um, and we love the Spirit Walk. That is the Horse Protection Association of Florida. And you can go and get a mini and walk with a it. miniature horse yes faith hope courage 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 yes their names are adorable and they're little miniature horses and it's a great opportunity to make a donation out there and you can go out they have certain hours posted that you can go out on the weekend and actually take a spirit walk where with you a... sit and contemplate the world yes as and... you're moving these minis that need lots of walking that's yeah. right they no treats a... though <laughs> lots of exercise for the minis and you get to walk with them uh, and it is the second Saturday of the month from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, you need to reserve a time and a horse in advance through the Horse Protection Association. And you can um, contact Christine at hpaf.org. That is the Horse Protection Association of Florida, turning tragedy into triumph. And look at those little cuties, aren't they adorable? They're so cute. Faith, hope, love, 
and courage. Those are great names. Courage. Courage. And they are. They're adorable. So you can take a walk and sit on a bench and relax. Good for the mini and good for you, right? That's right. Um, In December, there was uh, an occurrence of some botulism uh, poisoning in uh, some horses. There were about 90 plus horses, I think, affected. I think, sadly, about 40 or so passed away. Um, And it was actually in some alfalfa pellets. Florida was not a state listed uh, in the uh, in the outbreak, fortunately, um, but there were about eight or nine states. Um, it was atop of the Rockies, alfalfa cubes, and the date codes are up: one 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 two two two, one 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 three two two, one 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 four two two, one 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 five two two, and one 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 six two two, and that's Clostridium botulinum. I don't know if I said that right or not. It's a weak word. But anyway. She said it in British. I did. I said it in British. Um, but it, that is kind of a, you know, a, a, a scary thing. This was first alerted just after the middle of December. But I do know that people, us horse people, we do tend to store bags for a bit, um, especially if they're still sealed up. So if you have any of that brand, um, please be careful. Even if you have any of this brand and it's not these numbers, you know, go ahead and go to their website or contact them and just make sure um, that you don't have a bag that could possibly be tainted. And if you're watching this, remember, this is January of 2023. Exactly. So don't so, go, oh, I can't buy that mm-hmm, brand. It's right. these numbers this year. Exactly. If you're listening on the podcast or something later on, months later, um, then, you know, certainly maybe worth checking back in with the company. But this is, as Pete said, the beginning of January 2023. So top of the rock is and just check, um, check your bags. And if you have any concern and that is a brand you feed, um, by all means, reach out to that company and, and confirm that any any other products that you have, if you're concerned, um, we're always looking out for our horses and uh, very sad. And our condolences to anybody who, you know, had a uh, a loss of a horse through that. Uh, I know that feed companies try really hard um, to keep our horses safe. So uh, just a concern that we had. Now we're going to take you to an experience. No, let's do that. Dancing Pete. Memories has. is our word of the week. Oh, memories. <laughs> this is going to be the memories. best memory of all. Yes. yes. I, I, I had lots I had of great so memories. memories. Yeah. So um, let's roll it. If you're watching, you get to uh, see this. If not, you get to hear about it all, and I was there. <laughs> there I was. See that? That's um. That's... Lisa was falling asleep watching people. I know it was so relaxing. Oh my goodness! I was watching him, and when I went there, I was wide awake, and I watched for a few minutes. I was like, "Ooh, I think I need. There needs to be another bed in here." And he lie down, and take a nap. Um. So, tell us about your experience, Pete. <laughs> uh, it, it was definitely uh, an experience. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm very sensitive to the cold. Oh, you're a wimp. Uh, yes, you, I'm a no, wimp. It's not that you're a wimp, is you're so ticklish. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah that's me you. laughing while she's putting the cream on. She yeah. hasn't even got the cold stuff really. She hasn't. No, she, he's, she's just running the gel. I've jello. never laughed so hard giving someone a facial. I mean, I was crying because <laughs> he, I was funny. laughing so hard because he was so ticklish and his laugh is just. It's a contagious. Yeah, it's absolutely. Con- <laughs> so, Olivia, for listeners who haven't heard um, about Crystal Cryo before, tell us what you're doing to Dancing Pete here. Yeah, so we are a cryotherapy spa, especially specializing in cryo skin treatments. So we offer cryofacials, cryotoning, cryo slimming. So what it is, it's a non-invasive way to handle anti-aging and body contouring. 
So what that cold does is is it tightens the skin, it tones the skin, it reproduces oh, collagen God. in the skin. <laughs> Just watching it gets me tingly again. He wears 17 layers when it's under 70 <laughs> degrees. Yes. I think him. he had to take 17 layers off that day, didn't he? Yes, I did. Yes. But it feels good. It feels good, but it's cold to me. It's like an ice cube, so it's not that cold, but I'm very sensitive. No, it's... It- I love it. That. To me, it's, it's not. Olivia, it's colder than that. It I feels mean, it like somebody has an ice cube on you. Yeah. But it's actually very comfy. He's just so sensitive And you look years younger. I look years yeah, your younger. your skin looks really good. Yeah, it really yes. does. It's glowing, Pete. It's glowing. <laughs> You're glowing. Well, I can tell you when we got done, I said, well, I've got a little back issue. And Livia goes, well, we can do a pain thing. And she jumped yeah. on and yeah, did my back. Yeah, we offer a cryosooth treatment. And so it's a five-minute treatment. And we're just running that cold um, over the area of pain because most of the time it's just a lot of inflammation that just needs to be broken down and flushed out. So that cold just goes in there. You just go over it and it just breaks it down into debris, essentially, that we flush out through the lymphatic system. And I laughed the whole time, <laughs> or screamed, and, or well, acted you like a little like girl. Baby. But you tickled his yeah, foot, she... and I guarantee you could have heard him laughing from, like, the front door of the <laughs> building. Mind you, I'm in the back of the building, because he was laughing so hard. He was so tickled. I didn't know she was going to tickle my feet. And I screamed because it scared me and it was ticklish. So now, how did your how did your face feel afterwards? Did you feel like a baby's bottom? Oh, I felt like a baby's bottom. <laughs> I mean, smooth and silky. And- oh yeah. I mean, but you can tell in the video the difference between the right side of his face compared to the left side of his face. Yeah, it would be Just interesting. In it would be quality, interesting to like, take another like perfect- picture to compare before, after, so and you then want me to make you two or three days. Later. Now, if you're listening, you're like, what does this have to do with horses on the horse talk show? (laughs) And my answer is absolutely nothing. (laughs) However, it is about time that equestrians took care of themselves as well as they take care of their horses. Because, you know, we always put our horses first. They usually eat before us. Um, They're all taken care of before us if we're worried about a hurricane or anything like that. We always take care of our horses. It's like uh, our utmost importance when, when we're horse owners. So this is just a wonderful way to take care of our equestrians. And it's, it's, relaxing. A, good, it's a relaxing, good it's time good that's not horse-related yeah. and makes you feel good. And my back feels a lot better after doing it. So I, I liked it more on that. But, yes, my face looks nicer. I'm probably going to do another one. So you want me to schedule you? Yes, yeah, you can schedule me, but I definitely want to do my back again. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. We can do it tomorrow. Okay. And so did you feel relief right away with, with your back? Yeah, my back felt a lot better after we got done. And then about two days later, it was actually getting looser and all that. So it's been really good. So So it brought the inflammation down. Oh, yes, definitely. Absolutely. That's wonderful. Cold well done, therapy Ellen. is the best therapy. I mean, what happens? When but you- you're not biased at all, right? <laughs> Just a bit. A little, Just a little bit. A little bit. Just a little <laughs> I love cold. No, it was a lot of fun, and Olivia is really good. She's a professional. Oh, yes. She made me feel comfortable. I was a little hesitant because it was going to be cold. But, yeah. yeah. And she was a giggling professional with you. Yes. uh, You can't not. You just can't not laugh. And thank goodness that's the sound that we got to wrap it up for this segment. Yes, and you're going to (laughs) have some amazing memories from this segment. Memories that will last We'll be back with Dr. Adam Chaot and talking about Blister Beetles in just a few minutes. Stay with us on the Horse Talk Show.
This portion of the show is presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. And our TV broadcast sponsor is Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Supporting sponsors are DAC Vitamins and Minerals, Seminole Feed Stores, Lip Chip LLC, Piranha, Florida HVAC Services, Crystal Cryo, Ocala Dog Ranch, and The Drinking Post. This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. With over 70 years of collective experience in the horse industry, Lipchip was built with integrity by horsemen for horsemen. Introducing the ChipLink system, powered by Lipchip, where a 15-digit unique ID becomes a key to unlock not only identity, but also health paperwork, owner information, and even photos of each horse. So simple, even a child can do it. The future is here. The future is Lipchip. broadcasts from the CEP's equine studios in downtown Ocala in the horse capital. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. I'm Louisa Barton from the Horse Talk Show, and we're here on location at Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital in the horse capital of the world, Ocala, Marion County, Florida. And we have Dr. Adam Kayot here, and we're going to chat about something that's come up recently in the news. Sadly, uh, in Wisconsin, some horses died uh, from blister beetle, and some others were actually left very, very ill. Uh, it was a very sad situation. I'm going to talk a little bit to Dr. Kayot about the blister beetle, and uh, having done some research and studied up a little on this. Apparently, one of the biggest issues is when hay is cut and baled at the same time rather than left to dry and the blister beetles get stuck uh, in the crimper and it's hard for them to get out and they can be very, very harmful to horses. So I'm going to talk to Dr. Kayot a little bit about that. Dr. Kayot, how are you? I'm well, how are you? Lovely to have you back with us. Um, tell us a little bit about your experience with the blister beetle. Well, luckily, I don't have a lot of experience with the blister beetle, um, but, um, you know, the blister beetle is, uh, it's a nasty little thing. Um, it takes, it's, it's very toxic um, to horses. Um, even a, a ingestion of a little bit of the body of the beetle can be um, very, uh, can make a horse very sick. So, 
Um, the, the, the thing that makes the horse the, the sickest is the, the poison, which is called cantharidin. And it, um, it shows up as it causes ulcerations, typically of, of the mucosa of the mouth, can cause ulcerations of the digestive tract. And um, depending on how much um, the horse ingests, that kind of determines the severity of the problem. Um, it can be treated um, if it's gotten, you know, if it's diagnosed early enough and if it is a lower load. So if they didn't ingest a, as much and, and there's no, there's no, you know, parameter. Well, if they ingest just this part, it, it just kind of depends on the horse, you know, um, so you supportive care typically is what you give um, fluids. They can have some electrolyte abnormalities because they're they're losing um, fluid th through these ulcerations and that sort of thing. And they're they're losing electrolytes. So they need to um, be supported that way. Um, uh, you can try like activated charcoal and things to minimize the, the uh, toxin. Uh, activated charcoal, mineral oil, any of those things that can bind to whatever toxins in the digestive system so that it doesn't go systemically. Um, <clears throat> it, it's tough because um, it, it is in your hay and, you know, needle in a haystack, right? Like, and they're, they're small little bugs. It's not like, you know, they're just going to jump out at you or you're going to, they're going to be easily seen, especially if you're feeding in the morning and you're in a hurry and you throw, you know, two flakes of hay to each horse, you're not looking for blister beetles, you know? So, um, uh, it can be kind of scary because the, 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 the symptoms are, are relatively quickly occurring anywhere from three to 24 hours. So, um, you can have you can start seeing some of these issues, fever and, and ulcerations and that sort of thing. Um, <clears throat> to try to avoid it, they're most commonly found in the Midwest Western states like Oklahoma, Kansas. Um, they're most active in the summertime, like August. You know those months, July, August. Um, so. When you're, um, if you're obviously concerned about that, um, you know, you can find out where the hay came from. Um, you can find out when it was cut. Typically, um, they tend to occur in, you know, your later cuttings. Uh, so if you get like first cutting is less likely to have the beetle in it than a later cutting because of, of their, their life cycle and how they, they progress through the summer, through the summer months. So um, you know, you, you just be aware of that thing. Like I said, um, I have never personally seen it, knock on wood, and I hope I don't see it. Um, the, the interesting thing about that and, uh, is that, um, you remember a few years ago we were having the creeping indigo concern, right? The creeping indigo, right? So this was this big, this weed that grows and, they can have a lot of the same symptoms, actually, with the mouth ulcerations and hypersalivation that happens with the creeping indigo. Um, I, I, so I guess those are two different things to consider if you see this sort of thing. Um, creeping indigo is kind of, 
nobody talks about it anymore. It was kind of like hot and everybody was worried to death about it because, you know, obviously yeah. if you get these horses that pass because of it, it it's, you know, a hot button topic, but nobody talks about it anymore. And, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of researching over this blister beetle and I, I come across this and I started thinking, well, I, I remember this creeping indigo thing we had and I, th and I did see a horse that got into it a few years ago and so it, it was it was very similar so be careful where you you know just be aware of where you get your hay try to be as informed as you can be on what cutting it is what state it came from those sorts of things and you know if you're if you're worried you know just uh try to you know they they kind of look like a I don't know, like a firefly almost, like a lightning bug kind of they looking do. thing. Yeah, they and they're actually only about one or two centimeters in yeah. size. So if like me, you're feeding sort of early in the morning in the dark, or if you're feeding when you, and you know, it gets so dark now at 5.30, uh, when you get home, if your hay is outdoors and it's not in a lit area, it's very, very difficult. It would be very hard to see a one or two centimeter bug in your hay. But one of the things I think I would say is buy from a quality location like you said ask a lot of questions you know do you know if this hay was cut and baled immediately because apparently that's when they can't escape if it was actually cut left and then baled later that gives them chance to run away and I don't know that this would necessarily help but I always shake my hay flake out completely for the horses before I leave it for them and I would imagine if they're running around in there and you shook it out that would alarm them somewhat and perhaps they would take off and so I'm just always one to shake it out and make Make sure it looks okay and I, I would think that would help um, now I know the clinical signs you talked about like mouth sores I know there can be some lethargy um, I read that they can sink their whole mouth in the water trough to try and like ease the discomfort of the mouth sores anything distinctive that you can look for that would maybe tell it from poisoning in a in a from something like a creeping indico and are there any really um, significant tests that you can do to actually prove that's what it is to treat it well you you can test for that the the toxin cantharidin um you have to I, I believe it's in in the fecal material you you can test for it in the fecal material toxemia in horses in ingest you know when they ingest something toxic is it, clinically speaking is is pretty similar no matter what they ingest you get this ulceration you get um, possible fever, you could get diarrhea, you could get blood in the stool, any of these things that irritate the lining of the bowel, you know, so um, you, you can test for that poison um, to, to see if it, it is that, um, but typically it takes a while for them to, you know, get the results back, and your horse is either probably going to be passed or better by the time you really get um you know get get the answer either way you treat the horse the same you just try to support the horse as best you can um and hope that they didn't ingest a large quantity of it and um you know i think your i think your idea of shaking the hay out and sure any chance that the little boogers could fall on the ground you know is better so yeah 
Well, we got to wrap this segment up. Um, a lot of information. Uh, certainly, as I said, make sure you're getting your hay from a very reputable source. Uh, personally, I buy my hay from Larson's and Seminole. Uh, great quality hay. But I'm, I know there's good quality places out there you can get your hay. But ask questions. If you have any concerns or your horse shows any of these symptoms, immediately call your veterinarian um, because the supportive care as soon as possible is going to certainly extend the chances of the horse making a very quick recovery. Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital, 352-237-6151. I'm here with Dr. Adam Kayot, Louisa Barton for the Horse Talk Show. This portion of the show is presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. And our TV broadcast sponsor is Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Supporting sponsors are DAC Vitamins and Minerals, Seminole Feed Stores, Lip Chip LLC, Piranha, Florida HVAC Services, Crystal Cryo, Ocala Dog Ranch, and The Drinking Post. Crystal Cryo offers cryo skin facials, cryo slimming, and cryo toning, all non-invasive with no skin damage, no discomfort, no recovery time, and cryo offers a healthier alternative for anti-aging, boost collagen, and freeze fat cells. Check them out now at crystalcryo.net. Crystal Cryo, a beauty spa specializing in body contouring to enhance confidence with self-care, one body at a time. This show is brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family-owned since 1934. Manufacturing fixed formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com. Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care seeks to be a leading international veterinary practice that provides state-of-the-art veterinary care to their patients while fostering professional relationships with their clients that stand the test of time. For 24-7 and the best in equine care, check out Peterson and Smith at petersonsmith.com or like them on Facebook now for more information. The Horse Talk Show broadcasts from the CEP's equine studios in downtown Ocala in the horse capital. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital and Complete Care. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor. Idaho's finest alfalfa. Well done. In the studio with dancing Pete Roder from Complimentary Horsemanship. I'm Louisa Button. And our special guests, Ryan and Emily Rose, are here. Woohoo! Top equestrians and also horsemanship trainer Ryan Rose, who we're going to chat to a little bit first. And dancing Pete is taking over. Uh-huh. Louisa's zipping it. She'll be biting at the lip, all the memories of talking. Oh, very funny. <laughs> Our word of the week is memories, by the way, and that's not an easy one. That's not. That's nothing. So, Ryan, 
Tell us how you got into horses. What was your memories as a child or when you started? I'm two up. When I was a kid, I was obsessed with horses. So every birthday, it was going for a trail ride or when I was real he little. Trail rides. Doing the little pony, <laughs> pony around the carousel thing. And I just couldn't get enough of it. So when I was 12, my parents got me riding lessons. That's how I got started. Smart move, parents. Were wow. your parents riders too? My mom rode when she was a little kid. Um, my dad grew up on a dairy farm. And so he, he liked animals and farming, but not never really got into riding. And like where did you horses. grow up? Did you grow up in Florida? I was born in Florida, Avon Park, Florida. Mm. Uh, but I grew up in Michigan. Oh, very yeah. different. Yeah. And you came back here when? Um, 2009, I came down, yeah, and was here in the wintertime for four years. Fits, right? Works to be in the horse capital. Yeah, and we're really glad to be back down yes, here. So, I bet. so when was it that you decided this was going to be your profession and start doing horses full-time in your journey? When I was 16, I went and worked in the summertime for a trainer that had come up to my area, did a clinic. His name was Dan Grunewald. He did a clinic, and then I went and worked for him in the summertime. And as I was getting ready to leave uh, at the end of the summer, he took me out for breakfast, and he looked at me across the table, and he said, he goes, someday you're going to be better at this than me. He goes, you got a, you got a career in doing this. And I was like, well, like I hadn't really considered it before, before that. And I was like, he's like, you need to go home and ride horses and try to teach some clinics and get started. So How old were you? 16. Wow. So I literally went home and taught a couple of clinics at my local 4-H clubs and got started. Got started. And what do you think it was about you that, that Sean, that, that made him say that at 16? Did he tell you what it was just a feeling he had or did he see something in you the way that you handled horses or, or do you know what kind of? Yeah, I mean, I think he saw, must have saw something. Um, I think I think I knew a few things that he didn't know. He was he was really good at a lot of uh, competitive things, um, but I had worked with a lot of horses that needed foundation skills, colt starting and things like that. And so um, I actually, maybe I improved some of the horses when I was there. Oh, and, uh, nice. I, I, I don't really know though, to be honest, but he saw something he there. He saw something yeah. in you. You know, I, I don't, I, you can teach people methods and techniques and if they follow them and consistency, obviously is very important with that. And you can teach people a lot but I think some people I just have a real natural knack with horses and I've seen that throughout my life and I feel like maybe that's what he he saw you know not everybody approaches a horse the same way and he probably saw just that natural yeah I agree I think one of the one challenging thing to be good with horses is you have to have a pretty good baseline of emotional fitness and be able to be firm and fair at the same time like it's easy for people to be too passive with horses it's easy for people to be too aggressive with horses and i think i always had a natural baseline where i i understood that i wanted them to to for me to be the leader but i i in no way wanted to make them behave or you know force anything on them you know i wanted them to be a partner with me and that was kind of natural to me you know right away i know i was going to be quiet but i have one more question <laughs> <laughs> i knew memories of me louisa so talking much. here yeah. we go um, you mentioned foundation. Talk a little bit to our listeners about how important the foundation of a horse is. I, you know, for me personally, I think it's everything. Um, I mean, I do compete. I mean, my wife competes. Uh, but at the same time, anytime you have a problem at a higher level skill, it goes back down to basics. And with horses, I think I believe that 
the first time is the first time. <laughs> the, fir the first time is arguably the most important experience. So whatever it is, their first, maybe it's first time trail loading, first time being separated from their mom as a baby, first mm -hmm. time with a saddle, first time with a rider, first time jump, you name it. If it is a bad experience or if they're not prepared for that experience at that level of intensity, it, it could go south. And what you can't ever, the horses don't have a delete button. Whatever they learn the first time always stays it's there. It's all about the memories. <laughs> Yes, it is. Uh, the reason I actually ask you that question is because we have, you know, interviewed in the past people like um, April Mayberry from Mayberry Farm is a is a prime example of a uh, a woman who is, gosh, probably one of the hardest working women I've ever met in my life, and an amazing horsewoman. And she actually started the training, the the early training of both the Kentucky Derby winner and the Breeders' Cup Classic winner of 2022, which is a pretty big deal for her, yeah. both of those. And, but she regularly has a horse that she started in the starting gate of major races. And I say it goes back to she's very good at picking horses, first of all, the right ones for her clients, but also it goes back to the foundation training that she puts on them in the very, very beginning. She has them for their first everything and gets them all the way through under saddle and, and jogging and galloping on the track. And she does a brilliant job. So talk us a little about what's going on here with this horse, Ryan. So this was a lady uh, from uh, Minnesota that was getting stuck at trailheads with her horse. She would go trail ride, have a good ride, and then could not get her horse back in the trailer. And it got to a, a really, had one time where it was really bad. And uh, she called me and said, I need some help trailer loading. <laughs> and fortunately she had to trail load to my house because she lived a long ways away. And, uh, this horse had got he would go in the trailer but he would come running out he wouldn't stand in the trailer and um what's what's cool is two weeks later she sent me a video after this session and this session took about a half an hour long she was she was able to still load her horse but it was a good example that if he had a little more foundation in the beginning um it would have been this this point would have been a lot easier so i would rather not have to fix a horse that learned some bad habits it's always takes a little more pressure and it's a little harder to do that than it is when you're teaching them for the first time. So I would rather be there first mm -hmm. or I'd rather teach the owner to be there first. Mm -hmm. It's a much, much smoother. Yeah, because I saw a video. I know this isn't it, but that you were called to a midnight rescue <laughs> with some horses that went trail riding. Yeah. Oh, no, not that. That's yeah. no fun. Some people I knew, they got a, they, they went for a ride. They came home back, and the horse couldn't get in the trailer. They spent six hours trying to load it. They called, finally got a hold of me at midnight. I had my phone off. Um, we were out to dinner with friends and things, and I, they you know, finally got a hold of me at midnight. So at midnight, I went and got Tyler and said, hey, we we're on our way. <laughs> we got to go uh, help these ladies out. And so, they, I mean, they looked at us like, oh, the heroes just arrived. They were yep. so excited to see us. They had given up. They were they were. They, had, they didn't have food or water or anything. They were going to camp in their pickup truck that night. You know, they couldn't just leave. They couldn't no, get the horses in. So no. they, were, they were in a bind. They were in a serious bind. And um, we were able to, it, it didn't take too much to get the horse in the trailer, luckily. It was just, it was a matter of tweaking the timing. It's so easy to put pressure on the horse right when they're at the trailer. Oh, yeah, so this is two weeks later. Yeah, so this yep. is cool. Um, it's so easy to time it where you <laughs> Great pressure on. As the horse goes to the trailer, but the horse is already seeing the trailer as pressure. So if you add pressure when they're seeing pressure, you're making that the bad spot. So moving them further away from the trailer, then adding pressure back there. Horses are so aware of geography, of where things happen at. That's interesting. Yeah, very good point. Yeah. That's excellent. So developing your skills, what do you think is the biggest thing? Uh, <laughs> as, as we get winnied. We get winnied. Yeah, we get winnied. We'll um, come back on our next segment on that.
That's right. Uh, coming right back uh, with Ryan and Emily Rose. We'll be talking a little bit more to Ryan, and then we're going to add in some um, some interesting facts and, about dressage. And we do have a USDF uh, bronze medal winner here with us, so that's very special too. So stay with us, and we'll be back on the second half of the show. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. With your host, Louisa Barton. What does it feel like to be in love with a horse? Presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Back in the saddle again. Now, here's your pretty, pretty Louisa you're fab, you're switched on, you're a bit of all right, yes! <laughs> yeah, baby! Yeah. Larson Farms is our TV broadcast sponsor. Mr. Richard Larson, a man of great integrity, cares about every single bale of hay and about taking care of his customers. He also has a huge heart for those genuinely in need. Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. With over 70 years of collective experience in the horse industry, Lip Chip was built with integrity by horsemen for horsemen. Introducing the Chip Link system, powered by Lip Chip, where a 15 digit unique ID becomes a key to unlock not only identity, but also health paperwork, owner information, and even photos of each horse. So simple, even a child can do it. The future is here. The future is lip chip. This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now, or go to feeddac.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala, where the entire team is committed to making your experience in sales and service hassle-free and easier than ever with no games or gimmicks. Come in and visit on Southwest College Road or online at palmchevrolet.com. A second-to-none experience with all the amenities. Palm Chevy, find new roads. The Equine Performance and Innovative Center, situated on 30 pristine acres in the horse capital of the world, is one of the finest and most complete conditioning and rehab centers for equines and canines in the nation, including an equine hyperbaric chamber, aqua pacer, water treadmill, cold water leg spa, equine swimming pool, Eurosizer, and more. Epic equine veterinarians specializing in rehab and conditioning. For more information, go to epcrehab.com or find them on social media. The Horse Talk Show broadcasts from the CEP's equine studios in downtown Ocala in the horse capital. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the second half of the Horse Talk Show presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor. Idaho's finest alfalfa. Louisa Barton here, host and executive producer of the show. I've got dancing Pete Roder, my co-host from Complimentary Horsemanship with us, and we've been chatting to Ryan and Emily Rose. Woohoo! So the question yeah. I was asking right before, before the out, out yes. was 
when the education that you have to have before you go out and teach, how important is that to you? Oh, you know, well, that's critical because horses are dangerous. I mean, one of the lines I like to tell at clinics is there's nothing, nothing safe about what we're about to do <laughs> you know, riding horses. And so if you're teaching, you are responsible for their safety, their horse's safety. And because it's inherently dangerous anyways, you have a huge responsibility on your plate. So getting more education is important. Yeah, getting in. Yeah, getting education and being able to read horses, having experience, you know, with train. You know, I, I would like to see a lot of instructors have at least more background in training horses, because the more experience you have with different horses that I think qualifies you to make better uh, judgments and decisions with the horses that you're seeing at, at a lesson. Very good. That makes sense. Absolutely. And what are we seeing here? Is this your... Yeah, so this was a 17-year-old horse that went to this boarding stable. He had arrived there a few days ago. Its owners are elderly, and they can't care for him, and um, they had to take him from their house to this boarding stable. And he became very dangerous to try to catch. He was kicking and, and, and kind of going after the staff because he, he got so frantic uh, being by himself, and they couldn't catch him in that pasture. He also was a, previously a stallion, so he was recently gelded. Mm. Um, and the lady that you see there, she is the manager there. She's not, she's not responsible for training him, but she has to keep her, her staff safe. And she understands that this elderly couple needed, uh, needs her to figure this out. They, you know, she, she can't just send the horse home and, and move on. And uh, so right. they had had a, a really uh, big incident of him striking at people, trying to catch him. And so I wanted to see how they did it. And then there's a video on my YouTube channel on um, how we went about helping him. And he just, he didn't have very much training. He hadn't been handled very much. And so basically I just needed to um, get him, show them some strategies for bringing him up with the herd. His whole world got changed. Imagine he's 17 years old. He had yes. done things a certain way for a long time. And she's not a trainer and she's not responsible for training him, but yet we have to work with him to bring him in and out, turn out every day. So I just gave her some strategies to help him get connected with her. So that helped with the stallion behaviors and also made him a little safer to be around. And um, yeah, because it's hard just castrating them, especially that late, doesn't, it, it might, it might stop, mean that they can't reproduce anymore, but it doesn't necessarily take all the behavior away. It's just like yeah. fixing a dog late in life. Yeah. You get a lot of the same behaviors that they yeah. still think they're, uh, they still think they're yeah. a stallion, right? So. And I got some comments that, how come you didn't even brush him before the video? <laughs> <laughs> I, we film everything. So we're showing, you know, we could have had the source in, I could have fixed it, you know, we could have groomed him up nice and then started the camera. We show everything. So we showed when I arrived where he was and the process of getting there, you know, and me trying to assess the whole situation. <laughs> so now, how did you get... Coach. How did you get her to kind of connect with him? How did you show her how to get that connection? So, so from here we go into the arena and I work with him on some just basic uh, ground matters, just uh, protecting our space, yielding his hindquarters to get connection. You can kind of see that now. And then I handed the rope over to her and she started trying it with him. And uh, things have been going smooth with them ever, ever since. So it was just this one lesson, but he just needed a couple little things. And, um, he I was, could use this for my boundary stuff I need. Mm -hmm. I need to that, get some of this for you from exactly you. That's exactly what it is. Yes, I need some boundary stuff, actually. This would yeah. be great. This is where I can get my boundary stuff from. Isaac, I have a job for you this week. We're going to be <laughs> snagging some boundary stuff off your um, YouTube channel. Yeah. Yeah, so just, um, so here, this is kind of the initial you're working yeah, so we've got him haltered, and now we're in there, and he, he just wouldn't focus on me. He constantly was, he was very concerned about the herd. And that was 
from his lack of experience of training, but also from his previous stallion. Stallions are going to have a stronger herd instinct than geldings would. Um, and so I was before I went about trying to get him to have better ground manners and leading him, it was more about getting him to just stay connected. So every time he looked away, I would go to his hindquarters and ask him to look at me with two eyes. It's wonderful. The disengagement also helps him decompress a little bit too and, and just settle. He, he would just get really amped up transitioning. You could kind of feel his, yeah. yeah. You could actually see even the way he was moving earlier in the video that his head was very high, yeah. his neck was very high. He looked very, he had that kind of yeah. what's coming look, you know. And I think an interesting point that came out in this is when his whinny would change from a frantic, high-pitched whinny. I won't try to replicate it. <laughs> to, to, a, to, a lower, yeah, to a lower, like, stallion uh, green. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, so, you can do he He's got them. Yeah, he's got them. And if they would try to correct him in that stallion mode, it would, that's what would trigger the fight instinct. So stallions, they will go to the fight instinct a lot stronger, quicker than mares or geldings will. Uh, it's more just in their wiring to do that. So we we tried to diffuse those situations and just not create them, like like turning him out first versus turn the other horses next to him, get him all amped up in his stall, because that energy lives, that excited energy lives close to the stallion energy. And so it's like he could switch over very quickly to fighting with them. And that's what we're trying to avoid. It's not, not you can't train a horse when they're in that mode. Yeah. So it's not worth trying. And as you mentioned earlier, Fixing something later on is much more difficult than exactly. if he was a young, younger yeah. stallion that you were yeah. working with at a young age before he learned all these yeah. he's behaviors. Yeah, he's 17, hasn't been handled very much. You know, he's not like, he does, he's not broke to ride. He, he just, <laughs> he's been living in a pasture most of his life. Was he breeding? No. Oh, okay. No, he, he was... Yeah. So he was a frustrated stallion too. <laughs> yeah. But the main reason I was there was this barn, you know, that now Coming he's in. their problem and there's there's not a great solution for him. So we're like, what can we do to help this horse uh, get better? So he's gaining weight now. He's got a good routine there. And um, now that's nice. Now you've got, got her. Jackpot, yeah. yeah, you've got her now trying to learn yep. some of these, yep. um, these same techniques with him. And he's already a lot calmer than, than he was yeah. earlier. Wow, you're fast. <laughs> sped that video up <laughs> we got to get right to the important stuff now yeah. we got to see the the well, you're not people have a short attention span <laughs> you, you're really right. oh yes like yeah. I, I know it, it's true it's so yeah. tricky when we're editing those videos to show everything but keep it keep it like, keep it yes it is it's important so usually when you have a horse like that i mean it obviously it's not the same for every single one but how many sessions did you have with that horse to uh, just one. the one, yeah. very good. And she got it down. I told and... her to call me if there was if anything else came up. I, luckily, they live eight miles from me, so that was easy. Uh, but it went went well from there. So you think it was just consistency, a pattern? Because you could see right when you caught him, he was like, "Okay, this guy knows what he's doing. He's relaxed. He's not nervous about me." And yeah, <sighs> yeah, their big incident happened like right when he got there, and they transitioned him immediately to their normal setup, and. He, this was it rocked his world right he had been in for years in this one situation with this one pattern of being fed and candled and cared for and now you change that that just really and the, their system is to kind of run them into a catch area before they come into their stalls and that just kind of kind of blew him up because it was so new to him and so uh they just had to, to he was more comfortable by the time i got there but they needed some strategies for leading him down the aisleway because he would get real strong and get ahead of you and start you know, he'd see a mare next to the stall. And, <laughs> and even though he's gelded now, it'd only been a month or so. And some of those stallion aspects were still there. 
Yeah, so it could end up being a dangerous situation. Yeah, and that's what happened. He was, he was, I, I don't remember exactly what happened, but it was striking and kicking. It was pretty bad. They were very afraid um, at the point that I got there. Like, <laughs> this was a big deal. It was a quiet boarding stable where, yeah. you know, everybody's kind of getting along. And, and it wasn't and, going quiet anymore. Yeah, and it all was... of a sudden, this horse is double-barreling at the staff trying to catch him. And Well, um, that's our cue that we're going to wrap up this segment. We're going to be back with Ryan and Emily and talk a little more horse. Yep. Stay with us on the Horse Talk Show. Thank you to the presenting sponsor of this portion of the Horse Talk Show, Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to our TV broadcast sponsor, Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Also, thank you to supporting sponsors, Nirvana Medical Spa, TT Distributors, Summit Joint Performance, Equigreen, Midnight Rose Equestrian, the Florida Horse Park, Horse Farms Forever, and the Equine Performance and Innovative Center. Having an air conditioner that works well in Florida is a must. Experience peace of mind by working with Florida HVAC Services, a family-owned and operated company taking pride in always putting their customers first. Providing air conditioner repair, installation, and maintenance services on all makes and models. For those suffering from allergies or asthma, air quality testing is recommended and hospital-grade air filters are available. Ask about a pure air filtration system today. Check them out at flhvacservices.com or like them on Facebook. Florida HVAC Services, serving all of North Central Florida with honesty, integrity, and the highest value of workmanship. And that's 100% guaranteed. This show is brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family-owned since 1934. Manufacturing fixed-formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com. My name is Dr. Natalie Solomon. I formulated Equigreen with cutting-edge science and technology alongside the passion that is represented by a lifelong love of horses. I created a product that I would trust for my horses because they deserve nothing but the best for their bodies. Horses rely on us to take care of them, to love them, to respect them. This is how Equigreen came to life. Equigreen, CBD for your horse that you can trust. The Horse Talk Show broadcasts from the CEP's equine studios in downtown Ocala in the horse capital. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our TV broadcast sponsor. Idaho's finest, Alfalfa. Louisa Barton in the studio with my co-host, Dancing Pete Roder from Complimentary Horsemanship. And we've been chatting to Ryan. And the Emily one, Rose. the only Ryan Rose. 
Ryan, tell us how people can find out more about you, how they can sign up for a monthly program to get some help and tips. And then is there a schedule somewhere people can find out where you might be traveling? Yeah, so I'm on social media everywhere. I'm just Ryan Rose. And I have a YouTube channel, Ryan Rose. And then I have a Patreon page, which kind of complements the YouTube channel. It gives more detailed training. So if they want to really ask me questions about their horse or get video coaching, that's all on my Patreon page. That's wonderful. So people can can definitely get more help. And uh, we're going to keep you here with us, but we're going to add Emily in because we want to hear a little bit about... Now, Emily, uh, different end of the spectrum. Yeah. Some very. dressage. So did you start off in horses doing English or... No, I was just a recreational rider. Okay. I just rode for fun as a kid. I didn't even do 4-H or anything, and then kind of lost horses for a while while I was in college and graduate school, and then came back. So, oh. Yeah. So I went to PT school, and I'm a human physical therapist, and always knew I wanted to incorporate that with riding somehow, and so my specialty is treating riders now. Oh, that wow. That makes sense. I mean, and, and we'll get you probably lean in just lean a little more. bit more. Yes. You cuddle up close. Um, <laughs> at least they like each other. Yeah, at least they like it. We we don't, but <laughs> I'm joking. Tell us a little bit about physical therapy for people. That's got to be, a, uh, especially for equestrians, that's got to be really a, a big deal. Yeah, I mean, it's something I run into a lot because any doctor can give you a referral to physical therapy, but a lot of physical therapists, in my opinion, don't understand the mechanics of riding a horse. Or what that a is rider so spot on. Yeah, spot and on. So a lot of times, a lot of people that I get, clients that I get are like, I went to physical therapy, I did the exercises, but it's still bothering me when I ride, or I can't quite figure it out, like something's just not quite right. But it's because that physical therapist probably hasn't ever ridden a horse. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Just like I can't teach a golfer. You know, right. I can't rehab a golfer. Like, I'm no good at that. So <laughs> we all have our niche. So I, you know, try and dabble myself in understanding a lot of the disciplines or sports, equine sports, so that I can treat riders across the gamut from, you know, jockeys to English riders to jumpers to barrel racers. So I don't know how jockeys don't need a physical therapist all the time. Yeah. You got to be really fit to be in that position <laughs> for a length of yeah. time, you know? Yeah, because PT, too, is not just rehabbing from an injury. It's also performance improvement. You know, there can be nothing wrong with you, but how can we make you better? Yeah, exactly. Even better. And work, so. work better with your horse as well, mm -hmm. and, and that helps that yeah. you have that knowledge. Yeah. And I think you made a comment earlier is when you're talking about the facials, we don't treat ourselves as riders enough. You know, we're like, let me spend $500 on my horse for this therapy, but what about the rider? I like, know. You are an athlete as well as your horse, and so you need to treat yourself, too. So wow, that is so good true. point. Yeah. She's spot on. She's yeah. spot on. Well, she's she on. is. I mean, think about it. Like, what's the first thing we're always, we think about when we get up in the morning is, and at night, we're feeding. We're feeding yeah. them before we're feeding us. We're Do worried about, checks. yeah, yeah when I was worried about our own jackets mm -hmm. as we are, the horses got the blanket and got the hay and got everything. And, you know, we don't. And so it's really important to... to and how many yourself. riders are hurt, sore, and they have to get on and do it yeah. because it's their livelihood. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so do you have trouble getting them to take a day off or to say, hey... You know, a lot of times I don't even recommend time off necessarily unless it's, you know, a pretty severe case. But modifications to their ride or maybe changing how many horses they might ride in a day, depending on the severity of what's going on. But yeah. usually people, when they come to me, they're ready to make a change. So. <laughs> they, they, I'm hurting. They need them. They need them, yeah. yeah. Talk to us a little bit about dressage. You've come a long way in the sport of dressage. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I 
I'm kind of, I think people make jokes about physical therapists being type A personalities and we really want like control and we want, you know, a really driven purpose. <laughs> he laughs. Um, and so I was like, I really need to pick a sport. I need a sport here. I need purpose in what I'm doing. And so, you know, dressage just really fit that for me. My horse personally, the one I work with had a suspensory injury. And so I decided, you know, it's probably best to keep him on the flat not do any jumping and so I kind of really dove headfirst into the dressage journey and when you think about dressage I think you think about the ultimate sort of picture of the horse and the gymnastics and and the biomechanics and that's what I'm so completely nerdy about the human <laughs> and the horse biomechanics so it fits perfectly with the discipline of dressage wow. yeah so. that does make sense mm-hmm. that does. Yeah. and how does that do you dabble in the dressage <laughs> You know, no. I respect <laughs> dressage, dressage riders a yes. ton, Yes. but I prefer to ride in a Western saddle. Um, but I do my best as I'm developing my horse to be correct in their movements, because it's pretty easy to not have their posture and their biomechanics correct during Western movements. Mm-hmm. So I do my best to, to balance, balance that out. I, I talk about it as being connection and position. Dressage mm-hmm. riders are fantastic at position. Um, and we That's try to, true. try to bring the connection with the horse's understanding what we're doing. Yeah, that makes sense. And dressage mm-hmm. is such a great basis for so many sports. Because Absolutely. It really is all about. So are you guys able to teach each other lessons for the biomechanic part and from the helping the horse part from Ryan's side? We do, actually. We She asks me all the time for you know advice, mm-hmm. like sometimes horsemanship advice with you know her horse if it's worried being by itself at a show or you know something like that. Um, and then... I have a tremendous amount of respect for her because she she is at a very very high level of what she does. She's not like just started doing it or something. It's very She's not a newbie. It's almost like she has a sixth sense because she sees so many fine details. Mm-hmm. Um, and, with and people and horses. With people and horses. The and experience really is priceless. I mean, when you've seen something, it, well, it's no different than when you when you come into a situation where someone's doing something with the horse that's dangerous, and to them they don't realize it's dangerous, but you've actually seen a bad experience in that mm-hmm. and you immediately go oh i've seen what can happen and yeah. so you have the advantage of both with horses and people mm-hmm. of seeing what might and you be can't teach luck yeah. that's no. what I, the biggest thing i learned a long time ago was you can't teach luck this and is, a lot of times people are like well i've never gotten hurt well you got right. lucky yeah. yeah and that was just that was just luck mm-hmm. wasn't it right so because- does she work on you as far as physical therapy stuff yeah, it's pretty amazing. Wow. Something you can, you, know, <laughs> you got a winner there. Something a little sore, and she's like, oh, I can mobilize that. And usually it's painful, but <laughs> I've learned. I can mobilize can that. Ryan and I are very wimpy when it comes to things. <laughs> no pain, no he can't pain. even stand a bit of cold. Yeah. 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 And then I have to go, hmm, is it worth it? <laughs> okay, okay. This yeah, and you think that, that moment that it's going to be uncomfortable, but then after, it's sort of like the yep. same chiropractor. I mean, it's a very similar experience. You know that for a minute it might be like, ooh. And for me, like when I go for a neck adjustment, um, he's so kind and so sweet. Dr. Bruce always says, you know, no, listen, we don't have to do this today. We can use the activator tool instead if you want, you know. And I'm like, no, I need it. And actually it doesn't really hurt. It's more the thought the that he's mm-hmm. cracking my neck that mm-hmm. I broke, you know. So it's more like the mental, like, yeah. but after he's done, I'm like, yeah. Feel better. Yeah, so that is a form of discomfort. It's not exactly mm-hmm. like pain, but it's more like panic, which is, yeah. you know, sometimes what you have when you've had a, some mm-hmm. kind of a traumatic Absolutely. injury. So have you guys ever team taught, done a clinic where 
the physical gets done with all the humans and the horses mm -hmm. yeah. and then mm -hmm. we do it frequently actually we call them balance clinics oh and, you know so i'm like oh, the more mental good. emotional side of horsemanship i really enjoy getting horses to connect to what we're doing and building their emotional fitness mm -hmm. and she's really good at you know the, the body side of it wow so physical mm -hmm. <laughs> so you get both you got you can yep. cover it all yeah. That's right. That's pretty good all round. Well, why don't you give them the piranha and we'll say... No, well, we'll keep them for the last segment. Okay. I mean, we'll we've got stuff to do, but we'll keep them for the last segment. But yes, we have goodie bags from piranha. And see, oh. look. Oh. Awesome. Thank you They're not much. a see-through. They're machine. not a see-through. Yes, goodie bags from <laughs> Thank piranha. You. Great. Thank we'll you. be back with the last segment of the show in just a few minutes. Stay with us. Thank you to the presenting sponsor of this portion of the Horse Talk Show, Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to our TV broadcast sponsor, Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Also, thank you to supporting sponsors, Nirvana Medical Spa, TT Distributors, Summit Joint Performance, Equigreen, Midnight Rose Equestrian, the Florida Horse Park, Horse Farms Forever, and the Equine Performance and Innovative Center. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala, where the entire team is committed to making your experience in sales and service hassle-free and easier than ever with no games or gimmicks. Come in and visit on Southwest College Road or online at palmchevrolet.com. A second-to-none experience with all the amenities. Palm Chevy, find new roads. The Equine Performance and Innovative Center, situated on 30 pristine acres in the horse capital of the world, is one of the finest and most complete conditioning and rehab centers for equines and canines in the nation, including an equine hyperbaric chamber, aqua pacer, water treadmill, cold water leg spa, equine swimming pool, Eurosizer, and more. Epic equine veterinarians specializing in rehab and conditioning. For more information, go to epcrehab.com or find them on social media. This show was brought to you in part by TT Distributors, dedicated to bringing their customers the largest selection of quality horse supplements, products, and farrier supplies in Florida at affordable prices. Also online at ttdistributors.com. The Horse Talk Show broadcasts from the CEP's equine studios in downtown Ocala in the horse capital. Hi, this is Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith. We're listening to the Horse Talk Show. Back on the final segment of the Horse Talk Show for this week, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our TV broadcast sponsor. Idaho's finest alfalfa. And that is Dancing Pete Roder from Complimentary Horsemanship. I'm Louisa Martin, and we have been chatting to Ryan and Emily Rose. We've been talking about the great combination. Um, this the couple, dynamic duo. They are indeed. And um, it's wonderful that uh, she, can, she can help your horse. She can help you. He can help you and your horse. He works on um, much more that connectivity with your horse and can definitely troubleshoot a lot of problems for you that you have with the horse as well as offer a way that you can go and find out more 
um, and even do a monthly subscription to get lots of help um, and watch his videos and uh, go to one of his clinics. And she uh, can they even double up and do clinics together, which is brilliant. And I'm uh, sure Luis is going to be asking Emily if she could do a little uh, PT on her. Oh yeah. Pain and torture. Oh yeah. Pain and torture. Pain and It's gonna hurt. You you said that British. I know. I did. Even roll your ass. I know. It's gonna hurt. We're going to do um, Pete Roder's horsemanship tip of the week, and then they can comment. So. Oh great. Are you ready? Dance and Pete's tip of the week brought to you by Complimentary Horsemanship. I know, right? <laughs> All right, today's tip of the week is follow through. So what does that mean to you? Follow through means that you are going to promise to do something. So when you have your horse out, it's either a promise or a threat or you're begging. So we want a promise, not threat. So when I ask you to lift your leg, I touch the leg for a horse. So if I sat there and said, lift your leg, lift your leg, okay? Which leg, left or right? So when I touch the left one, you go, oh, I know which leg to lift. So I do that with my students all the time. I'll go, lift your left. And they're like, lift my left what? Until I touch their arm or their leg, they don't know. So follow through is important with everything you do with your horse because you want to say, if I lift my stick or I life up or I go with my rope, that means we're going to do something, not, oh, let's have a discussion or let me beg you or force it. So follow through. follow through. And if you've noticed, there's it all goes back to follow through. You have to be fair. So last week it was fair. So you can only be fair by starting off light and following through. And you're not fair if you don't follow through. That's your tip of the week. Yeah. Excellent. Comments. <laughs> that sounds like good leadership. It's clear. Yeah. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Follow through. Good one. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So tell us, have you had a, a favorite horse? Uh, probably the horse I have currently. Uh, her name's Sage. And uh, if I have time, real quick, there was a story. So in, when I was in um, I think North Dakota doing a horse expo, and they needed me to, on the spot, like I was doing a Liberty demonstration, then I immediately had to go to a bridalist riding demo in the big arena that I hadn't been in yet. And it was following uh, ACT, where they had like, all these like rings of fire and medieval stuff and, and so all these tools that you don't normally work with with horses right out in the arena and i'm like boy can i go in there cold turkey with the, and i'm like i'm not doing it i'm not doing it i told them i'm not going and they're like we need you to go and they talked me into it i'm like well i'm leaving my bridle on you know but of course the crowd wants to see you run around bridalist right well i'm in the back there and she's listening pretty good i mean again i went for my liberty demo to saddled up standing in the entryway and i'm like she feels kind of good you know she's listening to my seat and turning i'm like all right so I reached up there, took the bridle off. Wow. And we went, you know, galloping into the arena because we're wow. hyping the crowd. I'm only in there for Well, no, I know Ryan really well. He <laughs> preps everything he does. Exactly. So he is not going to take a chance. We've done demos together, and I said, hey, let's do this. We haven't practiced it. This is true. He's this a sensible true. one. Yes. <laughs> I was like, let's do this. He's the sensible influence. So, so I went in there, and she was just on point. She did everything I asked her to do perfectly. I mean, it was just great. And the appreciation that I had for her at the end of that and the foundation that she had to, to be able to go in there with, there's a million reasons it could have went bad and it, it didn't, it went really well. And I was just so proud of her. And that was one of our strongest bonding moments because I needed her. I needed her to fill in and be ready for things that she, I really hadn't prepared her for and she did it. Wow. I love that. 
And what horse was this? this sage. Was super Sage. Yeah. Super, super Sage. sage. Yeah. Very cool. That's awesome. I love those. That's great. And you, do you have a favorite? I do. It's my old guy. He's 22 and retired now, but you know they say those terms, heart horse. He's, heart horse. he's my heart horse. He'd try anything for me. He'd walk through fire if I wanted him to. Nothing fancy, but he's just... They're the best. A good, good guy. Yeah. Wow. And, and you, like, you like some trail riding? You enjoy some trail riding? Yeah, yeah. Like, he's the one I can pull out and trail ride. I don't trail ride the Pinto you saw in the... <laughs> He doesn't do well with that. that I got to gotta put my more foundation on him. Yeah, more foundation with <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. I had know a guy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know a guy can probably yeah. help. Yeah. And he's close by. <laughs> he's nearby, yeah. Um, yeah, trail trail riding is, um, has turned into a bit of a, a passion for me. I had an old guy who passed away in uh, 21, and he was 35 wow. years old, so very old, but rode him up until like a couple months before he passed away, and uh-huh. he was right, loved that. He was like yeah. that, you know, you heart, heart horse, do anything do you anything want with you him. Want yeah. Him. yeah, just move your body a little bit to the right, and he's like, oh, that's the way we're going, yeah. and you want to go, yeah. just, yeah, he was just amazing. Yeah, I would say just trail riding. It's like trail ride. There's so many things that can go wrong on a trail ride. Most unpredictable thing you can do. I've said that to her. I mean, it takes a really solid horse to be a good trail horse. It does. That's true. I used to say the most unpredictable thing you can do is trail riding until somebody came, was a Civil War reenactor on a horse. And I went, and she goes, yeah, he's fine with the cannons, but it's the gunfire he can't handle. I'm like, he's fine with the cannons? (laughs) So. Yeah, that's a little bit more. That's, that's a little bit yeah. more. That's next yeah. level from yeah. from trail riding. Oh, but yeah. yeah, you're right. I mean, there is a lot that can happen on the trail, mm-hmm. and it's hard to prepare a horse, I think, for um, for that unless they have a good foundation. And one of the first things that we did with my wild Mustang that was, you know, fresh off the plains was go to a, an obstacle course. Not that you necessarily see all those things that we did on the trail, but we went over bridges and we went through tires and we. You know, went through pool noodles. You don't usually see pool noodles on the trail, but you know, uh, not often. But but things that mm-hmm. were unusual, you know, to him. And I think that you know, um, one of the things that I did way back when, when I was on the mounted unit with Sunny, um, was they took us to. We did a monthly training together with all the horses, and we did everything that you can think of, from you know, fireworks, gun shooting. Um, having an ambulance drive up to you with lights and sirens, mm-hmm. helicopter land next mm-hmm. to you, like all those things. Um, and actually, Sonny tried to bite the front of the patrol car. Whoops. He must have thought it was something he could <laughs> eat. Um, but, um, but all those things were like really good preparations for you might be standing in the middle of the road directing traffic into the southeastern livestock pavilion for the rodeo you know and you never yeah. knew what might go by right yeah. or you might be at the garden country day where the fireworks going off and the after it gets dark, you know, for July 4th. The so. interesting thing about Ryan was he was the master of patterns. When we knew he, we hung out and learned together, it, he was the master of patterns. And I remember the best compliment I ever got from Ryan. He came up after I did a demo and he says, that was amazing, Pete, because I know you didn't practice any of it. <laughs> it was all off the cuff. And I did what my horse was wanting and what I wanted to do and what the music told me. So that was the biggest compliment I ever got from Ryan. But we always knew Ryan could probably have tied his reins on and had his horse go out there and do the patterns because that was what Ryan did every day. Made sure his horses understood the patterns. You know, I think... You know, I think it takes three things to be really, really, really top at, at doing what we do. They'll be fast, three. <laughs> Training, trainer, um, a cowboy, and a horseman. And the trainer in me was, like, really consistent, disciplined. 
Consistency. Yeah. It's Consistency. a good one. Mm-hmm. It is indeed. I want to thank you both for being with us. Yay. So much. Thank yeah, you very much. Definitely find these guys and follow them. They do uh, They do a great job. Thank you, Pete. This was our first show of 2023. That's right. It's going to be a great year. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week. Whether you're in Ocala, Marion County, the horse capital of the world, or not, happy horsing around. Till the same time next week. <laughs>